Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric and today I'm uh, doing a quick episode to finish out the month uh, previewing what's coming up uh, these next few days, this next week, the next two weeks, um, all the stuff that I'm really excited for and also uh, a little bit about my travels today. Um, so I am recording this right before I, uh, head into down, well, I am in downtown Phoenix right now, but, um, uh, head out of my car, out of the, the comfortable air conditioning, which you can probably hear humming away, um, and into the sweltering 93 degree heat on September 30th. How is it this hot anywhere on September 30th? This is, this is insane, but, um, I expected as much. I was actually surprised how cold it was in Las Vegas, which is where I flew into. Um, but the sun had barely just come up, so it was, it's understandable that it's was, it was still chilly. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I got super early this morning, only got a, uh, like three hours of sleep, um, and uh, headed to the airport. I uh, got, got, got a ride to the airport, um, as opposed to driving myself, because I'll be gone for a, a little while. Um, it was still would have been cheap. It would have been cheaper to, um, to park at the, in the, in the shuttle lot at the airport, but then it's like a week and a half of my car being out in the elements. So I think the, the extra like $20 is okay as far as it's it, it, it kind of worth it in that. Yeah. It's nine days of protection for my car, but, um, uh, what, what was I saying? Um, yeah, super early, super early, um, got into Las Vegas at about eight, eight, no, 7 a.m. And then headed over to, uh, the rental car place, which is off, off parking. So you have to take the shuttle to this place. I'm not going to say the name of the company because I'm about to talk a little bit of trash about it, but, um, yeah, I saw the reviews because uh, I kind of booked blindly, just got the best deal that I could find, and um, I regret that choice now because I well, the car is fine, but I'm not not too thrilled with the company. But um, huh, well, let let's say they they're very more pushy than people usually are than companies usually are about buying their insurance. And um, I, I wasn't too thrilled with that. And then uh, once I finally did get my car, um, I said, oh, the the car we have for you is, the tank is empty. So, um, yeah, you have to go fill it up. Like, what? This is, how did you... Uh, uh, the, the, my my reservation is in there for like a month at least. How do you, they not have a car fueled up, ready to go after after the time that I was supposed to be there? I got I, I had a reserve for like eight o'clock. I got it over there by like eight, I think like eight thirty or something. But whatever, pretty pretty annoying. Um, and and uh, it really felt like. The guy just kept saying, oh, "You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, if 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 if, you, if the car gets scratched or something, we're going to chart." Basically, he was explaining how crappy they are about the car getting damaged in any smallest possible way. 
And he's like, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. All the time that's in there, you're going to be charged for the time that it's out of service getting fixed with, like, a scratch or a dent or something. I'm like, that's ridiculous because looking at the car, you you guys don't take the car out of service to fix minor things like that because there's minor things like that already happened to it and they've not been fixed and what kind of people have you already scammed a bunch of people to do that already and then not fixed those things like people often do when they get uh, insurance money for accidents and stuff they get uh the money to fix a certain thing and then they end up just they end up not fixing it with that money that they get it's the same sort of thing it's a it's a disingenuous and also a scam when it's being used as a as a as a uh, uh, not a bargaining chip, the negative version of a bargaining chip. What is, what's the negative version of bargaining chip? Blackmail, not black for extortion. It's ext- is it extortion? Like it it's it felt like a threat. Like if I didn't get their insurance, that you never know what's going to happen. You might get hit by a semi truck, and then you have to pay for all of it. You're on the hook for everything. That kind of thing. If I was a little bit nervous heading out of there. And then uh, since I had to refuel right away, um, I was confused. I was like, oh, my God, they don't even have a gas cap on this thing. But it turns out it's a, it's a Ford Focus and 2017 onward, as it turns out, has a new style of gas cap that um, does not have an actual like screw on cap thing. And I guess it's like it's actually better, except when you spill fuel over the outside and it's not so good but anyway um i i was almost more i was almost mad additionally i was almost an increased amount of mad uh when i saw that but then the quick bit of research prevented an embarrassing situation where i drive right back there i was like this car doesn't even have a gas cap on the um like no it's supposed to be like that okay look sometimes just 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 stop for a second look it up and see like okay is this uh am i just dumb maybe i'm just dumb and in that instance yes i was but maybe i wasn't dumb it was just something i'd never seen before i don't think anybody except for for ford focus drivers have seen that maybe unless they're on other fords too that style of thing but even even then it's only on from what I understand, they only started using them in seven, for the 2017 models. So it's only like three years of using those things, using those puppies. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, but I, I give the car itself. I do like the car itself. Um, it's, it's, has gotten ex- extremely good mileage. Um, I'm probably blowing all of that great mileage right now by just sitting here parked and idle with the air conditioning on but um i still have over just over a quarter of a tank left and that was driving uh about 300 miles a little over 300 miles maybe a little less around 300 miles from uh las vegas to phoenix so that's 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 way better than uh my car at home gets for that same trip i would have had to already refueled um like half not halfway through there but 
but still. Um, so yeah, I do, I do recommend this car, but not the company that I will not name, um, for, I don't know, whatever, is it, so, yeah, I think it's better if I just don't say the name, except, um, I think if you look up, uh, common, uh, car companies, just look at the ratings, if, if the rating is less than three stars out of five, um, then, you know, just, just stay away from there. I don't think the savings is worth it. Um, and if you're, if it's like a mystery, uh, mystery grab bag type of thing on Hotwire, which I think this might have been, it's one of these companies. If it's one of those, uh, unless it's like way, way cheaper, but even then it's still really suspicious. Just, just go with the ones that you, it lists what company it is. So you know exactly what company it is. Or if the grab bag of companies is all stuff that's three stars or better, then that's worth a shot, I think. So that's my advice for renting cars and all that. And also check, uh, check out if, um, if it's off, off site, uh, location, for the rental car, because that could be, uh, it'll add time, it'll add time to your trip, and all that kind of thing, but anyway, um, while I was on the airplane, uh, a great thing about the, uh, so jumping backwards just a little bit, the flight to Las Vegas, um, went very well, um, getting to the airport was, was fine, uh, my driver, it took a while to get a driver because it was so early in the morning and the closest driver was like 20 minutes away. So I was a little bit worried, but the guy was pretty cool. Um, and then like in the last minute of the ride, I find out that he's a former band director and he knows all about drum, about drum corps. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've worked, worked with blue devils and all of that. And he knows, knows exactly what we're talking about. And I'm like, Oh, well, we could have been talking about that this entire time instead of talking about all the other really not as fun stuff to talk about that we were talking about. So, um, and I'm not going to get into the, for the things that we were talking about because it is, uh, a lot of it was a bummer. So, um, I mean, it was a good conversation, but it's a like bummer topic. So not going to talk about that, but, um, yeah, I got to, got there plenty of time and, uh, I, because I thought I was going to have to go through the regular check-in process for my, 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 my luggage, but I didn't realize at least at the Denver airport and probably all Southwest hub airports, there's a separate A-list line for checking in bags. And that was fantastic. I just, as there's only one other person in that line, whereas the regular line was just heaps of people deep. I don't think that's the word I wanted to use, but I wanted to use deep at the end of it, but I, I think heaps of people deep, that kind of works. It's a, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, I get down to security and I like, oh, there's so many people I can go into, again, take advantage of my A-list thing. And I end up going into the pre-check because the signs are like right next to each other. And I thought it was pointing to that. I don't know. 
I got I only gotten three hours of sleep. So I go up to to to, to the gal who's, who's at that station, and she says, "Oh, you're not you're not pre-check. You have to go out and go over there." I was like, "But wait, what about a list?" She's like, "What? What about a list? What? I don't know what that is." I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." You work security at an airport in a hub city for Southwest, and you don't know what a list is. Um, she she realized what I was talking about, but but still, like how uh, we're talking, uh, does people don't make this mistake? Even make this, even if she only ever works that line, I'm the first person to ever have made that mistake. Apparently, I don't know. While she's working, anyway, uh, but. So I, I go to the the, the 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 restricted access line or whatever it's called with the prioritizing. Nobody checks my ticket or whatever to jump into that line. I could have just been some some regular person, so <laughs> you know, just a regular person, not a, a, a privileged A list person. Um, so I mean, give it a shot. Try to just jump into that line anyway. The worst that can happen is that it'll be like, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. But in this case, that line just go gets combined with the other line. And they're just, like, trying to get people through as fast as possible. And there's I was one of two people in that other line. Anyway. So I think it was fine. Um, I mean, it was fine because I wasn't, like, admonished. And even if somebody had, like, stopped me, I had I was in the right place for what I needed to do. They just didn't ask for that stuff. So anyway... I ended up getting to my gates well ahead of time, and then I was annoyed that then I had to wait. Because <laughs> ideally, I get there after having used the bathroom and everything, uh, you know, the, the the usual pre-flight stuff, like walk up right as they start boarding. That is, that's the, that's the sweet spot right there, at least with Southwest flights. Um, if it's another flight, like uh, I have a flight on Spirit, on uh, uh, tomorrow, actually, and for those flight, I, I have a reserved seat, a specific seat. There's absolutely no reason to get onto the plane until until the last person, because I don't have a bag that I have to stuff into the things. I'm just gonna have my backpack that goes in there, a seat in front of me, and me that goes in the seat, and. Uh, know exactly which seat it's going to be. There's no reason to get onto a flight any earlier than right before they close the door, basically, in my opinion. Of course, there are other situations where getting onto the flight early is good and all that. But, um, yeah, but, okay. Well, I'll talk about that after that flight occurs and after I see you. The show that evening, AEW, the opening, not that evening, but the, the next night, um, I'll be in, in uh, Washington, D.C. for that. And I'm really excited for that. But I am also really, really excited for Monday Night Raw tonight because it's the season premiere. Um, and I just drove the 300 miles to get over here. Um, it was pretty much, it, it was pretty uneventful. It was entirely uneventful. I didn't, I mean, I didn't crash or anything like that. And so I'd say it's uneventful. A lot of impatient drivers around me that, uh, wanted to go much, much faster, especially through work zones. i really don't like that at all when people speed in work zones and change lanes quickly in work zones, all of that. It, it's just 
Everybody stop doing it, please. It's very unsafe, both for you, other drivers, and especially more so than anything for the workers that are out there. Even if you, it, you, you don't see workers around, they could be, like, working on something down on the ground and they're right on the other side of the barricade or something like that. And you don't know. You, you just don't know. And also, a lot of the times, um, if it's a temporary paved situation, it's also for um, your vehicle's safety. Uh, like bumps and dips and dives and grooves and ruts and all of that. It's uh, going through those at the normal speed, uh, highway speed, is dangerous. So I really don't like when people speed through work zones, even if there are no visible workers anywhere, because uh, a work truck could suddenly slow down and get into that part of the work zone. All the, all the many, many reasons. There's so many reasons not to do it. I hate it when people do. So, anyway, that's my rant about that. Um, <laughs> at the airport. Okay, at the airport, before... This is just a long rant. I, I basically just want to use up as much space as possible. It's the last day of the month. So like over a hundred megabytes left for the podcast storage space for the month. So I'm just going to ramble a little bit, but, um, Oh, I should see if they message me. Oh, I didn't, not yet. Um, what was a, uh, Oh yeah. At the airport, I was sitting there at the gate and the lady sitting right behind me is talking to the person next to her and she says something like, ah, oh, it's so warm when it goes down my throat. It's, it's, it feels so good. <laughs> and I know she was, I, I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe she wasn't. I was pretty sure that she was talking about coffee or tea or some other warm beverage. But the way she said it was not, is just a gross way to say it. And maybe it's a really nice way to say the like an actual gross thing but um i yeah yeah uh another great thing about the flights uh itself was that uh there was 50 a total of 50 people for 142 seats or however many seats there are um there was uh there are a few rows in the front that had people like two people in a set of three seats um because people really want to get right out of there you gotta blah 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 there is enough pretty much enough rows that everybody could have their own set of three seats in fact there is a completely empty row behind me um and i was like the 10th row of the airplane so there's 90 open seats on the entire flight which is kind of crazy um it was nice i didn't have to, i wasn't there's was nobody right behind me so nobody like bumping into my seat nobody right in front of me so i wasn't worried about bumping into their seats i was just bumping away and it was just totally fine that sounds weird um and it was good i got a couple of really good photos i think from the air as well flying into las vegas um so on the way back on the way down here from las vegas um, I stopped and gra- grabbed some food at Wendy's and, uh, this, this, this gal in front of me, uh, it's taking forever. So, okay, I'll use the bathroom first. I come back and they're still doing their order thing. And I, I mean, I was pretty quick about it anyway, but, um, 
they finished the order and then she stepped right back into line and she's like oh wait i have some questions about what is the chocolate chunk is it chunky or is it i i don't know exactly what she was saying but she was asking what the chocolate chunk cookie meant what that chunk part of it meant i guess she's thinking of it as like a chips ahoy because they have the chunky chips ahoy cookies uh and asking about the consistency of it i don't know but the guy was at the counter at the register he's like oh, it's called chocolate chunk because chunks of chocolate in the ch- in the ch- ch- chunk cook the cookie there's chocolate chunk cookie <laughs> he said it better than <laughs> i'm stumbling on it now but uh yeah it was a it was an entirely too long conversation that didn't result in anything useful happening so uh but i got get this some this quasi story out of it so i guess it's okay but um yeah that's that's it as far as the travels for today i'm in the parking lot just across the street from um i was gonna say chase center or chase chase field chisel chisel bottom fields records um what is it called i think it's called yeah chase field um but the show is at talking stick resort arena um and uh yeah so it's not bad parking only 15 dollars. that's way cheaper than a lot of recent parking but 50 percent more than parking at the the tattoo convention but anyway um tonight on raw it's going to be uh, pretty fantastic it's a season premiere um i from what i understand there's uh there's going to be new sets for raw and smackdown um and they'll be different from each other i assume um or maybe they'll both have the same new set but i hope they're both different and uh so i'll get a peek of that before the show goes there i'm sure uh, tons of people are going to get a peek of that and post pictures and all that i'm excited for that um the matches that we're going to have tonight we have Rey mysterio challenging seth rollins for the universal championship i am guessing that the fiend is going to attack uh and kill Rey mysterio uh during that match so it's uh ends in disqualification perhaps or seth gets uh gets an actual victory uh or uh you know, you know what i mean um seth gets the victory but then ray is attacked afterwards i don't know but i think that's how the show ends tonight because that's how it's ended the last two weeks uh already um we have sasha banks versus alexa bliss um oh i don't even know i i i think sasha banks will win it makes sense for sasha to win i think i think that makes the most sense but i will be rooting for both of them i'm i'm pretty excited for the mat that match um because i don't think we've seen them face each other for uh maybe like a year the last time they went head to head was maybe like a year ago or more maybe um or uh at least in singles competition it's it's been it's 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 been a while um we also are going to have uh Miz TV with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on there. That's going to be pretty cool. Um and there's another thing that I'm forgetting about uh do 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 
do, do. And Brock Lesnar will appear doing whatever he ends up doing. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, also a new commentary team, but they, I don't know. Oh, hey, that's awesome. Sarah Schreiber is official part of Raw. Um, I mean, she's been on Raw for a while anyway, but I think she's, this means she's dedicated Raw team member. Um, but we have, uh, Dio and Vic, um, uh, come out to the commentary team along with, uh, Jerry Lawler for now. And, um, yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, I might have to, to watch during my drive, um, to, to Los Angeles tonight slash tomorrow morning. Um, I'll, I'll maybe, uh, play back the episode just so I can hear, uh, how the commentary is. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for tonight. Um, nothing really else. I, I haven't looked at anything else about it, but, um, yeah, all the commentary team stuff is, is pretty interesting. Also the news that John Morrison has signed with, or, or sorry, what is his, well, in, in WWE, that was his name, but, um, I can't remember his actual last name now. Oh, I feel bad about that. But um, I think it would be cool if he, he, he debuted at Survivor Series with the Survivor uh, gimmick. You know, having, having been on Survivor, that is. Um, by the way, go listen to my Survivor episode. This, this season is really great so far, I think. Um, or the, I mean, that's what my opinion of it is. I, it's like, I'm not unsure of that. I, I, I'm sure of my opinion that it's good. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's some good, that's some news. Uh, see if he goes, uh, goes to NXT, uh, tears things up down there or, if, uh, something else happens. I don't know. Um, uh, speaking of people coming back or whatever, uh, it'd be great if Drew, Drew McIntyre made his return sometime soon. Uh, I haven't heard much about him, but, uh, I've been thinking about him the last couple of weeks, uh, most, well, mostly like the last couple of days. Uh, his, his name has popped into a couple of threads that I was reading and all of that. And I was like, man, I do miss him. I hope that, uh, whatever the, um, whatever the, the medical issues that he had, uh, I hope that he's recovering from that well and that we can see him sooner than, so, uh, not, not as soon as possible, but, you know, um, soon. I hope that he, he gets well and we can see him back in action. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything. I'm going to head, uh, the show starts in about two hours, and uh, just walk around downtown just a little bit, and, um, uh, it's, it's super hot. I actually might, might close my eyes here in the the AC for just a few minutes, but I'm afraid if I do that, I might just sleep through the entire show and, or until, and, or until the, the vehicle runs out of gasoline, but it it seems to be, the the needle hasn't budged in these 30 minutes since I started recording this. So, uh, it might make it through (laughs) the evening, but I'm, that's not going to happen. I'm going to go into the show, enjoy the hell out of it. Um, and, uh, so everybody let me know what you think of tonight's raw. 
what you're excited for the rest of this week. Um, I'll recap what, what, what we're doing going ahead and in, heading into um, uh, the rest of this week's stuff a little bit um, in the in the next episode where I'll be talking about what ends up happening on tonight's episode of Raw. Um, oh, all the Fox promotion stuff I've seen clips of. I, I don't watch football or anything, so I didn't see these live. I saw like the posts of them on Reddit. All that so really cool stuff. I it's it's great to see how much they're they're on board with everything, pretty much. Like just the, the promotion, having the the superstars on there, uh, like going along with the all kinds of like bits and stuff like that. It's really fun to see all of that, and um, I hope it continues beyond just going into this first week, like. Like they're like, okay, we got we got to the first uh, the premiere. Now we're good. No, I hope that there's that kind of cross promotion uh, continued throughout the throughout the football season, especially, but on all the all of Fox Sports, like just just lace a little bit of the WWE in there when it when it whenever it's relevant and stuff like that. But also like the planned sorts of things as well. So. Um, yeah, that's been pretty cool. But anyway, um, tweet me at TIW Podcast. Go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe. Oh, I'm going to talk about one more thing after this. Um, so, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you like to listen. Stay safe out there in all this, those, the pair, all the uh, infinite multiverses. And, um, and before I go... Um, on my flight, I watched one episode of a show that I've been meaning to watch for a long, long time. Um, uh, hyper hard boiled, I think hyper hard boiled gourmet. Oh my God. What is it called? It's hyper. I gotta look it up. I'm going to look it up. Hyper. Hyper hard Hyper Hard Boiled Gourmet Reports. Um, for people around the world in precarious and dangerous circumstances, eating itself is dangerous, precarious, and essential. Um, so the first episode, I only watched the first episode. There's only five episodes in total anyway. Um, but the first one is about Liberia. Uh, so most of the episode is about Liberia, but then uh, I assume that th- the end of the episode, I assume it's in Taiwan, uh, because they talk to they they uh, it goes and and has dinner, uh, just as feast with the Tai uh, no not Taiwan is it Taiwan? Oh, I feel really okay. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Just that episode. Let's see. I mean it's. Okay, the descriptions are descriptions I'm finding. Finding, I can't remember if it's Taiwan or Thailand, and um, I apologize to uh, that, I, that I can't remember which which of the two it is, but it's um, it's like the, they have the mafia there, and they have like they show off like all their tattoos and stuff. And they have this huge feast with like shark fin soup and stuff like that. It's crazy. And it's in stark contrast to the rest of this episode. Because the rest of the episode is uh, uh, mostly uh, talking to... He, he goes and talks to a few people. Like, uh, there's an Ebola survivor. 
that he talks to and uh, goes to see what she eats and learns about her family and all that, that all of her family, her immediate family died uh, from Ebola, but she survived it. And that's like, that's so just that alone is insane uh, on top of just seeing what they what their lives are like just a little bit of what their lives are like um and then there's uh, like going through the market and seeing that there are these these uh bags of of uh cornmeal that were sent from japan as relief but they're sold on the black market for profit uh, I mean, selling it for anything is for profit because they were uh, free. They were given to the country, to all the people of Liberia for, uh, you know, from, from Japan for, uh, you know, to help people. But they've been, you know, hoarded by the black market to, to resell and stuff like that. And it's so... It's so so interesting, and you also you have a, a guy in the studio who's who's just watching this the episode and like reacting along to it. And he doesn't react like big and crazy or anything like that, but it's it's um I, it got me wondering. I, I want to do some research. I need to do some research on this on what how that aspect of Japanese television began. This is a Japanese t- TV show. Um because I see so many clips from these shows where you have that reaction in the corner and it is, it does make it fun. It's, it's not necessarily fun, not in this case, but adds more interest to it. And I I was just kind of wondering like, what, how did that come about? What was the first show that did that? How did it catch on? And is it because it feels it feels like you're watching along with someone. I think that might be the appeal to it. That might also be the appeal to like reaction videos, watching reaction videos on YouTube, because um, on watching YouTube is more often than not a solitary experience, something that you do by yourself, um, or at least like when you first see something, but then you like make might share it with somebody else, or like, oh, you have to come over and see. There's still there is that social aspect, but. A lot of YouTube is also like, oh, this is what I like to check out. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for something in line. I have my headphones in. I'm just going to watch this thing real quick. And I think like the reaction videos especially and this sort of thing with – this is my theory anyway that it makes it feel as though you're watching it with someone even though you're watching it by yourself. And I think that's kind of the appeal to it. But also uh, it also has like a nice uh, different – viewpoint to what's going on um even though he doesn't react like super crazy or anything like that it he does um his reactions at times does add to it like oh that's really i i didn't even realize that about this person like just just like a very maybe like a little slightly different take on something and i think that's pretty cool about it as well, but I have to do some research on that and see like where that aspect of some of these Japanese television shows, where the, how that got started, and um, why it, it's so continues at least through when this show was made, and I'm sure that there are still shows, especially like game shows and prank shows and stuff like that. That absolutely makes sense anyway, because you you want to see 
part of that part of the program is the person watching to be shocked and that kind of seemed like it was is this too because this guy was watching it for the first time so it was really shocking at times um so i talked to the ebola survivor and then goes uh to former child soldiers who after they were done serving the the military or whatever they i mean they weren't serving they were forced to do it um because they're abducted and then trained to fight and then just pit up against each other and um like some of the stories is like they had to have been manipulated into doing this like the the one girl um is her her name like lafty i think is her name um she's a big part of this episode because she's the one that actually goes and gets some food that they talk about um i was a little bit disappointed but also like relieved that there wasn't more follow-up to it but uh when they were first talking about the the child soldiers they mentioned that they they were there were rumors or maybe even more than rumors that they had eaten um eaten the flesh of their enemies and stuff like that and i that uh is insane um and mortifying um and he does ask them about it but there's like no i feel like they didn't answer and they just kind of like let let they just avoided the question it wasn't addressed again after that and i i'm i was kind of curious like is like even if it was just as much to to verify is that true is that something that happened um and were any of these guys ones who did that and that there that there were no answers on that front in this episode but it ended up going in a different direction when he met this girl um who's uh who's now a prostitute she was a child soldier as well and all of them live they said there's over 900 of them in this graveyard they live there they sleep in the graves the graves are their beds and the the (laughs) oh i was about to okay i have to go with this because okay because the bones are their money and so is the what else is the money in there the because the graves are their beds and the money and their the bones are their money going into i think you should leave now references but anyway uh this episode is not funny it's not funny but uh it is there are elements of it that are like they're so surreal that you it's unbelievable that you can't like the only way to I don't know like process how messed up it is like just to kind of like see some a little bit of humor in it like how absurd is that but so messed up that over 900 people who up to the okay just okay let's start over 900 people live in a graveyard using the, the the graves as their beds these 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 concrete boxes 
are there cubicle style beds with bones and skulls all over the like and it's overgrown with 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 uh it's 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 incredibly bizarre and that's how over 900 people and that's just in that graveyard how many other situations like this are there it's i i don't even know they don't address address that are these the only ones who are like this there's no way that's the only place where former child soldiers have ended up um i know i did my closing like 10 12 minutes ago but oh thinking about this episode again i just want to talk more and more about it um and watch more of this show i'll probably do more episodes more reactions to more episodes just about this show Uh, uh, only four more episodes to watch but (coughs) man all of that's absurd but and it's insane but on top of that all every single one of those 900 or more over 900 people their lives leading up to that is insane that that's happening anywhere you know they did it's even possible for that to happen somewhere that they were abducted as children as uh i don't even know how young they may have been the uh the the one um that we focus on uh she's now a prostitute i think i said that um go watch this episode go on i'm not doing this episode like any just i'm like summarizing everything but um she said i think she said she, she was served i keep saying served that she was a soldier from ages 11 to 13 and that's that's crazy that's that's crazy and it's not like they're fighting they're like they were the last resort to fight against adults i don't think because it's it really it sounds like they were just fighting other child soldiers that were that were abducted and trained to do the same thing on the other side. I think, but even if they were just on one side, it's still insane. And and now that they're they while they're gone, maybe their families are killed. Um, in her case, it's it really sounded like the people who abducted her and had her fight on her side were maybe probably the ones who did kill her family but that but lied to her she's 11 years old you know manipulate her get into wanting revenge thinking that's the other side that did it where it's was probably the people who who abducted her that 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 killed her, her family and stuff it's so i don't know i feel like that's probably more likely the case than actually like the other side killed her family and then she just happened to be left behind and motivated to go and join up to get revenge no she i I think anyway okay so um the the laugh lafty um this woman uh we see her go because she said she doesn't have money for food, but to get back with her 
she'll meet up later in the evening and you, you kind of think oh okay she, she'll have money then and that's when she's going to go eat no that's when she's going to go to work to get money so that she can eat so like the next like five ten minutes of the show is her going and uh showing showing the the director or producer um i don't even know if they say his name or anything but uh he goes with her to like the prostitute street and she's trying to get a client he finally does get a client then they they go away for go off somewhere for 30 minutes and then she comes back she has just food she says her back hurts oh, oh my god i'm summarizing this too much but then she she has food and she shares it with him and that's so interesting it's amazing how uh well f- food is the uniting thing like everybody eats and if you're like interested in something that somebody loves to eat or it's like what their what their tradition to eat is or i just i mean just what they always eat whatever whatever scale of cuisine it is that there's a certain level of relatability to it they're like oh i'm having food now and you're my guest here and uh you've been really respectful to me that kind of thing like here let's uh, let's share some food um and and all of that but of course it also helps that he's making a, a, a show about food and that's kind of the entry point anyway but um yeah go watch this show i'm gonna watch more of it that's just the first episode there those these 15 minutes or so they talking about it and there's so much more the like the commentary on it the reactions to it and stuff i didn't even really t- it, it mention any of that and then also the that last episode or the last section of the episode um i assume is not in liberia but maybe it is in liberia and they have the mafia there i don't i don't think i don't think that's the case but um yeah go check it out the hyper hard-boiled i don't think there's a the um hyper hard-boiled hyper hard-boiled cuisine report gourmet report hyper hard-boiled gourmet report it's on netflix there's only five episodes they're like 35 to 40 minutes each i think something like that go check it out um all right i've been talking my, my mouth is drying out and it's i'm in the middle of the desert so that's no good um so uh like i said uh do all the stuff tiw podcast etc and i'll be back real soon with my thoughts on the season premiere of raw from phoenix arizona see you next time bye